Welcome back to the Soapbox Business Show. I'm your host, Mario Busto, alongside Zachary Newton. Welcome, everyone. All right. Today, we got a guest I've been wanting to have on for a while, somebody who I haven't caught up with one-on-one like this in a while, so it'll be fun. He's an old uh, high school friend of mine, which makes me feel mad old right now, uh, and, a, and a former basketball teammate, but a much better one than me, uh, uh, Maurice Kemp, but I'll call him Mo in this episode. How you doing, Mo? I'm great, man. Thank you guys for having me. And yeah, it was a while ago. I'm a year older than you, so you can imagine how I feel. <laughs> we're, we're getting up there, man, for sure. For me to say my old friend from high school is like a... Yeah, uh, sound like our parents. <laughs> and when, when Ryan sees this, he'll be like, he'll be making fun of both of us, probably. I'm so, sure. <laughs> you know, so Mo, I know, I know what you do, but can you give the audience a little background of, of what you're doing currently? Like, uh... I'll leave the floor to you. You give a little elevator pitch, and we'll go from there. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm currently a, a professional basketball player in Europe. Um, I'm in Israel right now. I play in a league called the Winter League. It's like the domestic league for for Israel, the first division league. And I also play in a international competition, which is called a Champions League. So we're going to a bunch of different countries, playing a bunch of different teams. Um, this is my ninth year professionally, so I've, I've been at it for a while. I missed a few seasons with injuries and whatnot, but yeah, I've been at it for nine years, and just you know, I'm blessed, man. I'm enjoying the experience, and I'm 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 very thankful to to still be able to to play the game that I love and provide for my family doing so. So yeah, that pretty much sums it up. That's awesome, man. Uh, I know that you've played in a in a few leagues out there in different mm-hmm. in different countries. You said the Champions League. Is that anything like um, in soccer? How there's yeah. from different types of leagues, the best of the best go to compete in the Champions League. Exactly, it's the exact same. It's just on the basketball side. Um, they started it maybe I want to say twelve years ago, and it's it's been growing ever since. Um, so yeah, just the better teams in each country. Um, qualify for a few international competitions. Um, one is Euro Cup, one is Champions League, and one is Euro League. That's Euro it. League is is top notch, the best of the best. Champions League, I would say, is right right underneath it. And uh, yeah, that's what I'm in right now, and I love it. I love the travel. I love you know high level basketball, and uh, obviously getting to travel all over the world is a perk. So. You know, that's I'm really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it. I definitely want to dive deep into the, you know, the traveling aspect and the, you know, competing at that high level that you're doing. Uh, and I will also get into some of your tournament uh, success. You've had some. Ter- I mean, I was doing just a quick mm-hmm. research because I've been keeping up from afar. <laughs> but even going back to uh, your days at ECU, yeah. East, East Carolina, for those who are not uh, basketball fans or collegiately like versed in that sort of thing i mean you led them to a conference usa title so you write your game rises to the occasion when it comes to those tourneys so i'm sure you're loving the champions league as well yeah, i appreciate that man but yeah it was uh ecu was a great experience that was like that was awesome um we did have a really good team my senior year we uh i felt like we uh we actually didn't win the conference championship we won we won the uh a postseason the championship. C- the CIT, no? CIT, yeah. So um, since we didn't win our conference championship, uh, Memphis won that year. 
Mm. Very tough team. They, yeah, they were, okay. yeah, they were they were ranked top twenty five most of that year. Um, most of my time at ACU, they were top twenty five. Was Penny so, Hard part, Penny Hardaway the coach of Memphis? Yeah, he's the coach there now. Yeah, he's he's yeah. brought brought in some big time recruits. He's he's doing really well. Um, yeah, they, they turned that program around. I mean, they always been tough, but now it's like a different. Man. Yeah, they're they're like they're big time. They're big time. They have always done great with recruiting too. But yeah, we won the CIT. We won like five games in a row in that in that postseason tournament and it was special man we got extra games at home as a senior you know that's that's a bonus and we had a lot of seniors on that team and we, we won it on a buzzer beater my my roommate hit, hit a shot at the buzzer it was like that's it was amazing man. great great way to end my my college career for sure really what an experience yeah, it was awesome. so, so i was telling you a bit about the show we'll get more into like the 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 nitty gritty of like mm -hmm. your playing career but the soapbox business show is all about interviewing people who've had a journey where they've achieved something and it doesn't matter what industry you're in mm -hmm. and whatnot it's all about the lessons you learned along the way and what that journey looked like and somebody who listens to the show will take that and something will resonate with them in some way towards what they're doing right. so uh just take it back we always start the show with a little bit of kind of exploring the guest journey mm -hmm. And I wanted to ask you, back in your childhood, who was it that got you into sports in general? And, and was basketball the first sport you played? Um, hold on one second. I lost you for a second. No worries. Okay, we're back. Um, the person who first got me into basketball was probably – it's a great question. Um, it was probably my dad. You know, he uh, – he he played in college. Uh, he had a, he went Division two. He had a scholarship. He played in college, but he wasn't crazy about basketball. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, he was more more into school. He went for the he went because for the scholarship, honestly. But uh, he uh, he just always had a basketball hoop around me. Like you know, as a as a baby, I, I remember pictures of me with with basketball hoops everywhere and just yeah. sports in general, you know, just had me very active all the time. I had plenty of energy. So um, he started me with it, but actually, you know, football was, was my first love. That was like my passion um, in my younger years and my older cousin got me into that. So nice. my focus wasn't really basketball until I would say like maybe I was 10 or 11, I started liking it more and I started, um, it was a challenge for me. Like football came really easy. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, like the challenge of basketball, I gravitated to, towards it because it was so difficult in the beginning. And, you know, as you know, it's such a humbling sport. Like yeah, um, you can have days where you don't hit any baskets, you don't make any shots. And uh, that challenge really just, it hooked me really and um so yeah that's how it went and eventually I, I i was told to choose a sport um and busto knows my dad he knows my family we're all <laughs> tall and extremely slim yeah, so yeah, yeah. i made a business decision that <laughs> <laughs> you know football as much as i love it my legs are way too long man they would have they would have taken my knees out. Yeah, you know, safety yeah, would have hit you across the field. Though. Oh my god! Oh my god! I probably wouldn't have made it out of high school. To be real, being very honest, I probably wouldn't have made it out of high school. So I chose basketball, even though I was at that time I wasn't really that good. I was much better at football, but 
you know, the challenge of basketball definitely like it, it, it made me fall in love with it. It also probably helped you. I think this is kind of a conversation you could, you're probably more well-versed in than I am, but there's a conversation going on around now with AAU and how much like mileage kids get and that they focus on just one sport. Yeah. Um, but you look at guys like Steph Curry, how they grew up or Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. And I mean, those are the extreme examples, but they grew up playing every sport. And it wasn't like one of those things where you had to just focus on basketball, like religiously, since you were mm -hmm. five years old. Yeah, and I think uh, I'm glad. It's funny you mentioned that because I was talking about this the other day. And playing multiple sports, I think, gives you an advantage on the basketball court, excuse me, especially soccer with footwork and mm -hmm. football, even with just any any sport with hand-eye coordination, you know, yeah. or baseball uh, huge and hand-eye coordination yeah exactly so um now there's definitely a focus on just one sport and just sticking to it especially with contracts going up and everything these kids are like training basically as soon as they can walk and, uh, sorry go ahead i'll cut you off there no 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 go ahead i was gonna ask because the international game is known for being more fundamentally sound in terms of mm -hmm. footwork and just like the beauty of the game like that that popovich style of right. you know moving the ball around and less iso i don't know if it's still as much like that but i know internationally people play soccer growing up i mean you yeah. see you see guys like luca who are fundamentally just ridiculous with their footwork they're not like athletically a specimen like Jokic and him are not athletic specimens for the most yeah. part other than being big yeah. but footwork wise and iq and just IQ. fundamentals is just it's insane. yeah you're absolutely right like one thing I can say about European basketball and the, their development of young players is they they teach them the right way. You yeah. know, it's all fundamentals all the time. Yeah. And um, you've seen that, how the game's growing and where, you know, you could say out of the top 10 guys in the league, like half of those guys are not from the U.S. You know, they're international players. Yeah. So they it's and they, you know, they they live it here like. Any time you have a young player with talent in any sport, they, they'll send them off to an academy very young and just basically like a, a prep school where it's just all focused on that sport all day, every day, top-notch training, top-notch development. And it's just that becomes that kid's life. And, you know, it's like a community thing. Whenever they see someone with a little bit of talent, where it gets around and it's just you know they max they try to maximize that that uh that young person's potential so it's definitely translating i'm sure with all sports but especially basketball in recent years yeah and now especially with everything being so digital that we're just mm -hmm. a camera we're a video upload away from seeing some talent in the middle of europe or somewhere in france and before you know when i mean when we were growing up you'd hear about a international player and there was like maybe one scout who saw like one tournament right, of right. that player, you know, and yeah. everything else was just kind of like word of mouth. Exactly. Now, now, if you're talented in terms of like being a young pro, it's it's everywhere. Yeah, the all eyes on you. The world is much smaller now. Yeah, know, because of that, and uh, yeah, the the exposure is there for for everyone, and it's made it's made basketball so much more competitive. You yeah, because you, you're really competing with everyone worldwide for just a few spots you know it's it's uh it's raised the level of the game big time in the last in the last 20 years or so it's no, it's it's raised it no doubt and i think the popularity of basketball is, is oh, yeah. probably 
have you seen it grow over your years like internationally just like the popularity start to even ramp up big, even time. Further? big time and i think uh you know you can go back to the the original dream team that that sparked that you know with that olympics run and you know i think it's no coincidence that um after that olympics run with that incredible team um all those players that are great now were kids then mm -hmm. you know really young and that that in and of itself grew the game obviously the nba pushed it marketing wise over the since then like they pushed yeah. it majorly you know it's been a, it's been an area of focus and it's it's translated that was a great move by david stern at the time and um yeah i've seen it grow big time just the the um the support for it in each country um the money they're putting behind it it's a uh, it's a global game now for sure yeah i'm definitely yeah. i'm definitely interested in hearing like of the countries you've played in who mm -hmm. are who are the most diehard uh, like in terms of crazy stories yeah <laughs> yeah big time man right. it's, it's stuff you wouldn't believe all right save them save them for for yeah, later man. and if, if we can't put them on air it's okay too yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta <laughs> all right your pops is is tall I, your dad's what like six eight six nine and he's like six ten six, six nine ten. Half, six wow. ten yeah are yeah. you have you surpassed him in height at this point or no nah, I'm, I'm legit six eight i wish i had a couple more inches that would have that would have <laughs> helped me out big time but uh nah man he's he still got me i still feel short when i'm around him it's <laughs> that, like yeah. a legit two two inches like legit two and a half you know it's like he's he's tall man he that, understates his height i believe yeah i you know well, I'll talk about him for a second. His his dad is a stand up stand up guy. Well, your dad was like a, the fire. Um, he was the commissioner yeah, yeah. of of Miami Dade or Broward. He was the um he was a fire chief for the city of Miami for many years. Uh, and he also was the deputy mayor, uh, for the county, for uh for about five years after that. A great guy, man. That's yeah. you know that's my best friend. We're we're still we're super tight, super tight, and. Yeah, great role model. This is excellent guy all around. That's sure. what that's what I was gonna ask you, and I, mm -hmm. I I'm wondering if he's the answer. I was gonna ask you if if there's if there was a singular person who's had like the biggest impact on who you are, <laughs> not, not only as a ball player but as a man. Like, uh, is it your pops or is it? Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. It's not even close. You know, he's just it's a great person to look up to, like in all areas of life. You know, just. It's a great balance, you know, between like um, being nurturing and caring, being stern and being strict in the right areas and knowing when to have, have fun and others. Like just just all around great dude, man. Like it's my best friend still to this day. If you had any key lessons, uh, some first thing that pops into your mind that helps shape you and, and just put you on the trajectory of uh, of being a pro. I mean, it takes a. A, a diligence, a perseverance, yeah. a conviction, and then to sustain it, that that's a testament to not only talent, but character. So was yeah. there a lesson along the way that you gained from your from your dad that has really, um, that you've taken and kind of internalized? Um, yeah, hard work. Uh, the biggest one would have to be perseverance. You know, I've seen him deal with some really tough things in life and just kept pushing, stayed positive. Um, you know it just high level focus like never letting the ups and downs of life uh deter you from your goals 
that's 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 a lesson I got directly from him and I've I've applied it directly to my life and it has helped me big time. That's great. That's great. Um I wanted to take it back. Football, you're probably a ridiculous threat on the outside. Were you a receiver or did you play QB? Because QB you would have been a nightmare too. Yeah, I play I play receiver. Yeah. Um yeah, I I played safety too. I was I was outgrowing that position, but yeah. I actually prefer safety just because, uh, like, I loved hitting. Like, you be the hitter instead of being oh the gosh, man. Yeah, 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 man. Just, like, after a long day, just, <laughs> like, you know, if you have a rough day at school or Let you, it know, you get in trouble with your parents, it's the ultimate stress. You just tee off, you know, ultimate stress relief. But, you, no, I did, I did play receiver, and, yeah, I, I, naturally it, it was uh, – it just came kind of easy for me. You weren't only a, a two-sport athlete. You also did the high jump, no? In mm, in high school, yeah, I did long and high jump. I did, I did when I was younger. I did a lot of mid-distance running. Uh -huh. um, when I was in middle school, I was with the high school team, and uh, they <laughs> they forced me to do the eight hundred. It actually was ended up being my best race, but I hated it, Buso. Like I I hated it so much. <laughs> But uh, I was good at it. I, I came. Yeah. I was like ten seconds away from the school record at like in eighth grade. Um, wow. But I I refused. Like I couldn't do the. <laughs> I hated running, man. I hated running. So those first two years of high school, I refused to do track. I did not want to do it. Yeah. They begged me to go out there. Um, <laughs> they begged me to go out there after junior year, and I went for a little while. And, yeah, that's you know, right. Yeah, you started doing well, it junior year. Yeah. Yeah. But man, I just I hated doing the running. So when I joined, uh, after taking a few years off, the only stipulation was that I didn't do any running events. Yeah. So I just did high <laughs> and long jump. <laughs> yeah. right. I'm gonna make a comment, Zach. You know you're yeah. a good high school athlete, like you're the star of the of a sport or a school. When you get to make the stipulations to the coach of what you're gonna do and not do, <laughs> that's for that, sure. Because that's how that's how Mo. That's how good Mo was at. I mean, basketball. You were the star of the program for for Dade. We went to the same high school, Dade Christian. Gotcha. Um, you know what's funny about that? Reamer. Reamer was hilarious when it came to like that decision. He hated. It. He thought it was a terrible idea. <laughs> he had just he just finished like going at it with Sonneborn because Sonneborn knew like me when I was younger when I was really into football. Mm -hmm. So he was trying to get me back out for football for those two years. Mm -hmm. And uh, Reamer was not going for it. They were just butting heads the whole time. Eventually, I did not go and join the football team. But I told him I wanted to do track, and he thought it was terrible. Uh, and when I started getting shin splints and tendonitis in my mm -hmm. knee from all the jumping, he pulled he pulled the plug. He's yeah. like, you're done, no, you're done. Like, what, what are you? <laughs> you're not going to be available for the season. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> is that your, was that your Reamer impression? Yeah, that's my Reamer. You're done, Mo. Don't be an yeah. idiot, Mo. <laughs> <That's> it, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so he shut, he shut down my, my, my track season a little early, actually. I get why Sonnerborn wanted you to be on the football team. We had a good football team that was this last yeah, two yeah. years. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, if you would have been on that team, it probably would have even helped even more. Dude, what Sonneborn did with that program was incredible. He had so many guys going D1. I remember yeah. I saw Victor, who hadn't played. I don't think Victor ever played organized football. He always played with us, whatever, when we were after school, but never organized. Mm -hmm. And I remember after spring, like one spring in football, he had like legit D1 interest from big schools. I was like, man. Sonneborn recruiting wise and for college preparing guys is great. Yeah, that, so that was definitely enticing. And that's a that's a key um, 
with the way a program set up. Maybe we talk about that more later of just that, that high school setup of mm-hmm. getting found and, and getting those offers. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to ask you, was there a moment where it was just an aha moment for you where you knew you wanted to spend your life playing ball professionally, like that you were, all right, that is the track I'm on. I'm pursuing it like I'm going to be a pro. Was there a that moment is, specifically? That's a great question. Um, and the, the honest answer is no. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, not until very late in the game, I should say. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you remember or not. I, I transferred out of Dade at, in eighth grade like a lot of people did back then. I, I wasn't um, there yet. I got there yeah. in my freshman year. Okay, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I I transferred out of Dade, went to a couple different schools, Stranahan, St. Thomas. Mm-hmm. And then I transferred back. But in those two years, like, they weren't successful basketball-wise. Like, I was, I was like, 5'11", 140 pounds. I was not a recruit mm-hmm. by any stretch. Um, and so my goal as a 10th grader was just starting on JV, which didn't even happen for me at St. Thomas. So, you know, I was so caught up in just being, getting a starting spot on the junior varsity as a sophomore. Like I wasn't focused on even playing after college, you know, I didn't think Mm -hmm. that was a possibility. Yeah. So I just kept working, kept working. And, um, eventually my dad who pulled me out of Dade randomly asked me if I wanted to transfer back to Dade Christian because Reamer had gotten the head coaching job there. And mm-hmm. I knew Reamer. I, I played in uh, a league with him um, years before and I trained with him years before. So once he got the job, my dad um, spoke with him about me coming back. I had no clue because mm-hmm. we didn't want to leave Dade. And like when he presented that option, you know, we couldn't believe it. It was a hard no one going back there before then. So I transferred back to Dave late, like after the school year started, my junior year. And really? I was, yeah. I was only like, you know, I was only maybe six foot and a half, 155 pounds soaking wet. But that was, you transferred before the basketball season. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah. I transferred. I finished, I finished sophomore year at St. Thomas. And throughout that summer, my dad was just like, are you really serious about basketball? Like, how how serious do you want to take it? Like, do you want to commit? Are you willing to leave St. Thomas and your friends to mm-hmm. go somewhere else? Um, and that answer was yes for me. We had a meeting with the coach there, and he was telling me that, you know, I would be a bench guy on varsity. So mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I'm, I can't stay. St. Thomas, you know, is a big sports school, yeah. especially football. So he was very honest with us, which I, I appreciate to this day. And how many pro- – and how many promises does a school like St. Thomas make to players that, you know, exactly. they, they have on a sports exactly. scholarship and now they, they got to start them. Yeah. 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 Chief is the coach's name. And he was really honest with me. And I, I he's known as a straight shooter. Yeah. So when he told me you'll be like the ninth guy, maybe. Oh, wow. I was like, yeah, yeah he means that. So yeah. yeah, I went back to day where I was comfortable, where I grew up my whole life, where I wanted to be anyway. And it just so happened that my old coach got the head coaching job there. So, you know, it made sense for me. But, uh, you know, I I wasn't really that good, to be honest. And I wasn't – I didn't have the build. I didn't have the strength. So to answer your question, high school was just about playing and being a starter. And it happened junior year. I had a good season, thankfully. Uh, you know, 17 points, what have you, but still no recruit, no recruitment. Um, I, I started uh, – I started training a lot more just really – 
locking in. And I have to give Ezra Diaz some credit, yeah. uh, a lot of credit. You remember Ezra? Yeah, just, yeah. He lived, breathed, like his whole life was basketball. Yeah. And his work ethic. His work incredible. ethic was, was crazy. Yeah. Incredible. Like just before school, after school, just constant, just trying to get better, working on his game. And I, I observed that as a junior. Yeah. And uh, I just really was follow the leader. Like whatever he did, I did. As well as Mike Pyers. Um, I had known Mike before from St. Thomas. Mm-hmm. He transferred there randomly. He didn't even know I, I grew up at Dave, but he transferred today because he knew Reamer. Mm-hmm. And I ended up going there like later that was, you know, I made the decision a few months after him. But both of those guys were crazy, crazy work ethic, crazy dedication. So my life became even more about basketball. And I finally saw someone who showed me how to work in Ezra. And I just followed everything he did after that season. Thankfully, um, going into my my senior year i grew like six inches i was at about six six and a half six seven and um yeah that 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 season helped me get some attention and get recruited by small d1 schools but you know that the goal slowly became to be a division one athlete um but the focus was just on the work yeah, you know, one day getting better day by day. One day, one day at a time. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna toot your horn. He said he's saying he wasn't that good, but he was still good enough to be the leader of of that high school team. Like for at least his junior and senior year at mm-hmm. date. Yeah. Um, but there's levels to this, obviously. So as as Mo, you probably graduated and then started seeing other ball players and college mm-hmm. players and playing internationally. What you yeah. thought was good is no longer what is good in your mind yeah. probably it was a it was a world it happened so fast man because i wasn't raked or anything any of those years prior to that um i would always look at ranks like man that'd be awesome to get recruited in and be in these all-star games and blah 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 and uh the senior year was really successful thankfully Reamer trusted me and me and mike just we had a connection. We were really good mm-hmm. together. Yeah. And Mike's one of the best shooters I've ever played with to this day. Like, yeah. incredible. Nasty shooter, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, we had a great year. And, um, you know, I started seeing, like, some success, you know, second team All-State, All-Conference, things like that. And these guys that a couple years before were, like, so much better than me. Like, I, I was in these – I realized I was on their level when I was playing against them. And that was, I think that seeing the hard work directly translate in such a short amount of time, it, it like, it triggered something in me. You know what I mean? Like it, it made me fall in love with the process even more. And it showed me what dedication and hard work will get you. And I've really, I've really just, that's been my mode ever since. You it's know, a it- thousand percent. It's so rewarding when you see it, and it's oh, nothing like it. I, I mean, if it's brought up and people ask about work ethic and whatnot, I'm always like, team sports, sports are so key to developing a work ethic when you're a kid, when you're a teenager. Mm-hmm. If I, I tell people I gained my work ethic through basketball. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, trying to like failing. I remember coming into like ninth grade and being six two. But I really mm-hmm. didn't play any basketball except for yeah. shooting random baskets with neighbors growing mm-hmm. up and not like making it to the final two people 
on JV mm-hmm. and not making it and it just lighting a fire that I was like, I, I have to, I got to yeah. make it next year. And then, and right. that taught me like where I was, I would get home and nobody would have to tell me. It was the first time in my life where nobody had to tell me, Hey, you know, go practice, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was out there from like, I'd get home from school, do homework, play ball until the sun went down, get into yeah. as many leagues as I could get into at the time, mm-hmm. which is really like two a year. At, yeah. at that. Man, um, you hit it right on the head. It's like, uh, Team sports, there's just so many lessons you can learn for life, valuable yeah. lessons. And it translates to business. Whatever area you want to pursue, it's like it's uh it's show and prove, you know, it's what you put in, you get out, and it's very simple. And like for kids to see that, it's uh it's the best lesson they could learn. It's like a- um yeah, you you like I feel like as a parent you want your kid to find their passion, whatever avenue it's in. And once they find it, you'll never have to push them or you'll never have to put the motivation in them. You know, it'll just, it'll take care of itself. And uh, that's what it was for me. It's, um, you know, waking up at 4.30 in the morning before school mm-hmm. to get the hour and a half, two hours of work in, going through class, practice after, and then doing another two hours of work after that just every single day. It wasn't a job to me. It wasn't work. It was love, the love for the game. And uh, yeah, that's like, that's the best thing for young people to get that, 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 uh, that mentality and for them to realize their passion and just, just throw themselves into it. It's a, it's amazing. It's so it's the funnest times I had in high school was playing ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was one of those things where when you're playing the sport, it's a meritocracy. What you mm-hmm. put in is what you get out. It's teaching you how to be a a role player. What's your role on the team? You know, Mm -hmm. you got guys like, I mean, in our team, you had Mark was the point guard and you had Mike was the sharpshooter from the edge and uh, or from the wing. And you just, you see just what, there's no handouts, you know, you, Mm -hmm. but if you work your tail off, that's pretty much how you make it. And um, that was, (laughs) that was, that is life. That is exactly like life. And it teaches you how to collaborate to keep your ego out of the way. And you can see a team that has, uh, bad apples and bad chemistry and that's mm-hmm. the same thing like if you're in business or if you're building a company you mm-hmm. know if you got a bad apple on the team who doesn't know how to collaborate who's who's more important than the team that's mm-hmm. not something you learn in sports yeah. especially in the basketball and basketball um i was gonna say uh yeah man i remember those waking up at we wake up like at 4 30 <laughs> in the morning and the coaches really would would enable us to like they would mm. they would support it because i think mo you had the keys to the gym and yeah, we, i'm we, so glad you brought that up because yeah. rick reamer man like i wouldn't be i wouldn't be where i am without him like yeah. he uh he gave us that access he he saw he saw that we wanted to get better and mm. he just like you say he enabled us like yeah. whenever you want to be in here you can be in here don't even ask and uh man for for young kids who had just realized what they what they were passionate about that's that's all we needed yeah. And um, yeah, just he he helped us so much by giving us the room to pursue it. And uh, I, I thank Reamer to this day. I still I'm still in contact with him. Uh, great guy, man. Yeah, just a, this amazing guy. Great family. And I, I love that guy, man. He's he's awesome. But he, he helped us out a lot in many different ways. Yeah, I I remember there was a summer there where I was because I was trying to make up for lost time. I got into mm-hmm. the sport literally in in ninth grade and coach oscar if you remember him uh, he was the j one of the jv coaches 
And he yeah. told me the summer between 10th and 11th grade, because I was determined to try to to try to make the next level for varsity. Mm-hmm. He was like, you want to get better? Or you get in the gym here at 2 p.m. in the summer every day. Yeah. And I don't I don't know if this guy I don't know if Austria works full time for date or if he was getting paid for this or not. But yeah. he was so dedicated. I to helping love you that out. guy. I love that guy. I would get there at 2 p.m. for it wasn't even practice. It was me. And I don't think anybody else was there. Maybe one other person who wanted to play. And we would just do footwork and drills and, and just a bunch of drills. We'd hit yeah. the weight room. Cool. And yeah, then he, he would bring out the ladder and everything yes. and just him and Tiffany. Like they were just. Yeah, Tiffany was the there. Time. Yeah, that's he was, he was big. Yeah, Tiffany was huge in the game. She's probably still playing today. I haven't I haven't yeah. talked to her or been in touch with her in forever. Yeah, but yeah. she was she was a baller back then, too. Bro, um, Coach Foster, like he's just the greatest guy ever. Yeah. Like he's so yeah. amazing. And yeah. He, like you said, he um he wanted to help everyone. Yeah, you know, no matter no matter how important uh it didn't matter if it was the first day playing. Like his love for the sport just wanted him to help everyone and like and just introduce the sport to everyone and just his dedication to the kids, you know, is amazing. I, I spoke with him on social media maybe like a few weeks ago. I got I, I was glad to hear from him, man. He's just, just as you know, just the best guy, sweetest guy. The ever. only only coach I've run into is Coach Jesus. Uh that's the only coach I've run into since graduating. But I had yeah. uh but yeah, I would I would practice there from like two and then varsity would start like at five yeah. and we'd go till whatever time, seven, seven thirty eight. Yeah. All those guys, man, like I look back and like the staff at Dave, just amazing people, first of all. And like specifically the the coaches you know either yeah. go with coach corral down to coach um coach oscar reamer sonneborn they all were just great people and you know they they had us focused on the right things for sure yeah yeah like, no, it, uh, i look back on it now and i realize when you're in date when you're in that bubble you're just like oh like all adults are like this supportive <laughs> God yeah, yeah, yeah. and just yeah. great people yeah but as, as you go on in life you're like man we you know we had a, a lot of great people around us. Yeah, it was a great experience. And see, this is the problem when when you don't get to have a one on one convo with somebody that you were close mm-hmm. to for yeah, for years. We're we're off track. We're off track on the show, big time. <laughs> I'm just I'm happy. just soaking it in because you know, a lot of this is just over my head. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're so off track with my questions. Uh, really bad. Good. All right. Well, let's let's try to get let's try to speed through some and try to make up for lost time here. Yeah, and you, you, you let me know when you got to go to. Uh, to your mm-hmm. session there uh all right take us in the lab with you what did the work look like in committing that craft uh, you kind of mentioned ezra and mm-hmm. you know when i was there and i was sussing out the other players in the school i didn't know who was who i didn't know who was the hard worker until mm-hmm. i realized okay it's it's uh it's ezra it's mo mike uh and those really the three that stood out to me yeah. Arma- armani worked out really hard too um and that's what i remember by the way though i will say it's funny with the football players, they would always come in midseason, and I never knew how out of shape football players were compared to basketball players, cardio wise. They'd come in for the first day of practice and they'd be dead. Different type of condition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are different. But no, uh, the, the workers were, yeah, Armani, you know, I've known Armani my whole life. Yeah. I, I, I trained with him last summer, actually. You know, he's, a, he's, a, he's doing great work down there yeah. with yeah. A, lot of, a lot of young athletes. Um, work ethic off the charts yeah that dude is i love him man he, he's so committed to everything he does but um 
him, you know, Ryan and Mark also, you know, oh, right, they, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. They, they were in there with me every day. Like Mark thought we were crazy when we were getting up at 4 30 a.m. and picking them up on our way to school. But you know, he he loved the game. So he he hopped right in with us. And so that was a cool part that like we all were kind of in it together and wanted to work together and, and and get better. And that's what it was. It started with Ezra just kind of learning what to do, you know, just constant repetition, game speed, high intensity, and just, you know, complete dedication. I don't know how else to say that. I didn't go to any parties in high school. I didn't do anything other than school and basketball. Like my weekends were trying to get into the gyms and that, whether if we had to sneak in or whatever, like it was just all about that. And I want to clear up that misconception. I think people think that the jock in high school is the party animal. There might, there may be one or two kids who are doing that, but they don't go anywhere with sports. Okay. I I mean, coming in, I, that's what I thought. I thought, and I didn't get into it for that, but I just thought that, Hey, I got to stay on track because you know, and don't get me wrong. Like some guys, they can, some jocks quote unquote, have the talent to be able to do that, you know, to be able to have this social life in high school and party and still, you know, work hard at their sport. And, but I felt like I was playing catch up, you know? So I, I felt like, and basketball just didn't come natural. So I felt like I needed the repetition. I needed to work harder than, than everyone else, especially if you want a D1 scholarship, like, there's so many people playing basketball who are great at it and so little roster spots and scholarships mm-hmm. available. You had to be so serious. So, oh my be- goodness, the competition is ridiculous. So I, I knew that I had time for nothing else. You got to grow, grow up fast. Yeah, later in college, I also, I realized that you have to have a life outside of that yeah. passion. Mm-hmm. You know, I was so like focused on it, so zoned in that everything else was suffering. And, you know, I wasn't having fun anymore. Uh, I came to that point my junior year in college where mm. it was like my my answer to everything was just work harder, work harder, work harder. And I like hit a wall where, you know, it, it felt like my work wasn't paying off and I wasn't seeing the results. And it just got me in a it got me in a space where I was really frustrated and, you know, just not having fun with the experience. So. Thankfully, I, I was I was smart enough to kind of take a step back and and realize that there's more to life than basketball. Yeah, and it actually helped my play, you know. And uh, so now, when I'm getting in these zones where I'm just like going crazy and working out like a maniac, I have to remind myself like, okay, decompress, find an outlet. For, like fishing is one for me, yeah. you know, where you can just reset and kind of like. You know, just put time towards other things. And uh, that's helped me out a lot, just kind of finding the balance, you know. I, I can relate to that in terms of, um, you know, I found I started making like films in high school and whatnot. And I remember, uh, I remember, it, I remember watching one of them. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember which one it was. <laughs> yeah, we, we, made, we made some like uh, some pretty edgy comedy yeah. stuff. But uh, <laughs> I, remember, I remember seeing some things back then. Yeah. And we, um, but that similar to, to sports, there's not really a clear path of how to, how to do that. And so when you're working, when you're working your ass off really to try to make it in something, it's like you define yourself by whether you're failing 
in that mm -hmm. one thing if by your standards right because with the work ethic that you have you're you're constantly measuring up against like the best result and so when you fall short you have to kind of like like you said find step outside of yourself and see like no nah, this is just because i do this is not who i am or okay. that sort of thing and you kind of have to evolve in there uh i have to zoom unfortunately through all these questions because of the time restraints mm -hmm. here so i'm gonna have to bring you on for a part two eventually yeah, um did you have any uh pro players yeah. that you modeled your game around anybody that your pops or somebody was like hey this guy right here he's doing it right watch him look look what he's doing no actually i kind of there was guys i really liked watching but i never really like tried to like break down their stuff and pattern my game to my detriment i will say like i got going like i started seeing success in basketball so late so it was kind of like i went from not playing on jv to having a big role on a varsity team and it was just it was i had to figure out how to be effective on the basketball court so it was kind of just trial and error a lot of it and i didn't i didn't try to emulate anyone obviously i love kobe um from day one um penny hardaway was a guy i love watching just a, a taller guy that could do everything and um so those are guys that i really liked watching but i no one that i really patterned my game after um yeah. you know so now i have kind of like an orthodox kind of game and it's like it works for me it's effective but like it's not the traditional thing that everyone's used to seeing and i feel like for for recruiting and for scouting on a pro level, it's kind of like, you know, people are not taken back by it, but they're like not used to seeing it and they're like, they don't know what to do with it sometimes. You know, it's like well, a, a old school type of game. Well, we, we transitioned too. I mean, the game yeah. almost completely transitioned from mm -hmm. 2010 till today. With, yeah. I mean, I would consider you a stretch four yeah. in, in a way like yeah. a, a very now high i am yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah before i was a three i was a three like you know my whole career and then one day they're like no like you're a slashing, four now. like a slashing cut yeah Pretty. you know just yeah and just a lot of slashing you know hit the shot when i'm open mm -hmm. hit the shot when they back off but a very aggressive type of player and uh and uh you know one day the small ball just hit you know with the warriors and everything and they just yeah. made me they made me a power forward one day and I kind of haven't really gone back since. That 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 opened the eyes. I mean, I was watching yeah. some of your highlights um, a couple of days ago, and I saw you do something. You, you had an elbow move. I think you pit, um, you like you jab stepped right, and you yeah. set up your big down low. I was mm -hmm. like, all right, Mo's a facilitator now too. Like, all right, man. <laughs> Listen, man. The hardest part as like a stretch forward or even a small forward, I remember, was like convincing your coach that you can make plays with the ball because yeah. <laughs> then you see you just standing there and shooting and the point guards making all the plays so I've, I've been having this battle with my coach where i'm like coach just trust me like i could i could facilitate and i could make plays with other people blah 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 i had six assists last game so i hope he like hey all right he listens but you know we go. usually point guards are the playmakers so i get it all I right it. so we got a few minutes left mm -hmm. here i wanted to go through your college journey uh yeah. can you like shortly say some key lessons and takeaways from from your journey playing college ball and where did you uh enjoy what was it, the stop that you enjoyed most on that journey um lessons i learned was um just the same ones you know what you what you put in you get out um 
perseverance. Like I said, I, I I had I hit a wall there my junior year where I wasn't seeing the success I wanted. And you know, like like you said, you have to you have to prioritize and kind of take a step back and enjoy life and give more time to other things and balance it out. So that was a good lesson for me. Also, just the life of a college athlete, man, it's, it's the, the amount of dedication you have to have to it. It's, it's ridiculous trying to balance out school and sports. Like we, we would have 10 day road trips sometimes. We, we have four teams we played in Texas, like SMU, Houston, um, Rice, UTEP, all these schools. So we'll be on the road for like a week and a half. And when you have like bio labs that you're missing and you're doing study hall on the road and it's just, it's to be successful in the classroom and on your field to play is very difficult. And, you know, I, I wasn't, I knew that to be the case, but I wasn't prepared for that. So th there were, there were a lot of sleepless nights in study hall and, on the road just you know trying to balance out both sides of that and i don't think people who don't play um college sports i don't think they realize how difficult it is to do that if you have a guy that really cares about school and wants to do well in the classroom but also wants to do well in in his sport you know you have a lot of pressure it's these coaches are getting paid millions of dollars they're putting yeah. a lot of pressure on you to yeah. produce and you also have to try to like ace this this chemistry exam. You know, it's like it's it's, it's a tough task. It's a tough task. So just that 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 reinforced the hard work and dedication. Those lessons I learned at Day Christian translated and got me through college. Thankfully, Excellent. you know, and you know, I, I did well. Thankfully, let's talk about life abroad. How has your game evolved and how does international ball differ from when you played in the in the US? Uh was there any sort of change you had to kind of like adapt and, and kind of like adjust to? Yeah, um like you know, it's kind of coming into light now with a lot of the top European players commenting, but like Europe is European basketball is very difficult. You know, it's uh very strategic, uh defensively the coaches the scouting it's uh just the way the game is played it's very difficult to be effective um to score you know to find your spots the spacing is so different from the nba and college and uh so that was a big adjustment just kind of trying to find where you fit in and trying to affect the game in different ways mm -hmm. i i think like um coming out of college when i was uh i had some nba interest i you know did the pre-draft stuff and everything like my knock was that i was good at a lot of things but not great at one thing and like to make the nba you have to be a specialist outside of the top five draft picks you know mm -hmm. the franchise players you have to find a niche and like um european basketball it's kind of like you have to be a specialist, but you have to be able to affect the game in different ways on different teams. So I think being well-rounded kind of helped me in European basketball because one team had to be a scorer, one team had to be a defensive player. Like, there's a, a lot of turnover. It's usually one or two-year contracts. So you are 
you might have a different role on each team. And if yeah. you could do a lot of things and fit in and be effective in different ways, you'll have a long career. And I think that helped me. Whereas it might have been to my detriment on the NBA side. Yeah. Um, it helped me in European basketball to have a longer career for sure. How so, long are contracts typically in the U.S.? Or is it about the same two years or is it? Uh, usually the NBA, they'll have like, usually the rookies will sign like a two to four year deal. Okay. Um, and they'll go from there. Uh, a lot of guys, if you're not a franchise player, you get bounced out of the league. That's why you see a lot of guys stay briefly and then, you know, go overseas. Got it. But it just depends on when you're, when you're drafted and, you know, what type of investment the team wants to make into your career and, and whatnot. Okay, cool. Were there, any, were there any, um, I don't know if you did a lot of inter international travel before you became a, a ball player out there. What did you have to adjust to life and culture wise, uh, food? Uh, how did you adjust to the, to the travel lifestyle? seems like college might've prepared you for like the heck oh, yeah. travel yeah. lifestyle. College prepared me, but you know, the food, the food, <laughs> the language barrier, man. Like when you go, you get dropped off in a place in a country where you don't speak the language. You don't like, you're just literally like, it feels like you're an infant. Like you don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. It's, uh, it's something that takes some getting used to a lot of guys. I know plenty of talented guys that, you know, just couldn't do it. Like they, they, they retired after the first few months, you know, just cause for Amer for American guys, it's, it's, it's a tough adjustment. It's just a different way of living. You kind of have to be, you, you just have to be able to adjust, I think, for whatever reason. Uh, maybe it's the transfer in schools and high school and whatever. I, I can adjust to different situations, being around different people and different cultures. Like, it's it just, it's something I've come to embrace, just experiencing different cultures and, and, and how people do things. It's like, uh, it's rewarding, man. I love to travel. I love experiencing these things. So. It's it's awesome now, but at first it it was rough, man. I had that first I hit like a a homesick wall, mm -hmm. like maybe four months in. It was brutal, man. Yeah. It was brutal. Yeah. That's that's yeah, that's got to be tough, man. Yeah. And you're in Israel now. I I went to Israel two years ago. Mm -hmm. um, Amazing. Two or no, three years ago now. Um, yeah. I think I was. You're around Tel Aviv, you said, right? Yeah, I'm like 15 minutes away. Okay, you're really close to the sea. Or you're really right. close to yeah. The I, Mediterranean. I, had a, I had a condo on the beach last year. It was amazing. Nice. Amazing, man. nice. Yeah. Israel is it's a special place, man. It's yeah. a special place. Um, culturally, I love it. Family oriented, you know, right up my alley. Um, just uh, very, very like warm people, you know. Yeah. And just. It's an easy adjustment, I feel like, from for people from the states. It's uh, yeah. I don't want to say Americanized, but yeah. it is Very compared to like Eastern Europe and like you know. It's the most Western, Western that I experienced, especially when we were there. We were on the outskirts, and then mm -hmm. I did like I did a church uh, tour with right. uh, with a mentor of mine as well, and mm -hmm. uh, I mean we went to all the holy the holy sites and like walked exactly. through. It's yeah. it's it's pretty awe inspiring if. Especially if you're a Christian and you're, you're a Christian, big yeah. time. I, yeah. I encourage anyone who's Christian or even Jewish, like you, I, you have to come. You have to. You have to 100%. experience it. You have to experience it. a special place. It's I just love it. it's my second home now. It's just sure. it, it's a different feeling. It's uh, it's mm -hmm. definitely you gotta make the pilgrimage out there at least big once. Time. You know, 
um we were there i really enjoyed uh inside of jerusalem we would go to this like shopping area this is not like touristy but we went to mamilla i don't know if you've been there i haven't i haven't we went I'm there actually going on a tour to jerusalem on monday very cool yeah maybe i'll, I'll check it out yeah that, what's it that's called? more mamilla it's like a shopping okay. it's like a really nice shopping area you walk around and there's like restaurants mm -hmm. and stuff and it's right outside the old city so right. it's like old Jerusalem's right there. So they'd light that up at night and they have like a light show uh, yeah. or like a laser uh, show. Really cool. Um, and, th and then there's obviously the other stuff that's really just just in incredible. Um, yeah. All right. Before we get into the rapid fire and more, you good on time? You got like five more minutes? Yeah, yeah. I got I got five minutes. All right. For sure. yeah. Are there any gameplay routines, whether mental, physical, any like meditation you stick to to prepare yourself for a, a game? Um, just like the um, that you religiously stick to yeah you know i like to do the same things i'm not superstitious but i like my routine so same. spaghetti bolognese pre-game meal um two to three hour nap on game days i, I love sleeping on game days <laughs> uh, uh just kind of i want to say meditation but prayer in the morning um just kind of just thinking about the task I have in the game, you know, we have film sessions, so I'm, I'm running through all that stuff throughout the course of the day. Um, constant, constant, uh, I pray a lot during the basketball game, believe it or not. It's like, yeah. And it's not like prayer It's just like, uh, quick, quick combos. Quick, yeah, exactly. I pray pregame for, for health of myself and all the other players. You know, I've, I've had some major injuries in my career that really could have derailed it completely. So I don't take the the opportunity of each game for granted, you know, and I, I thank God every day to be able to do what I love because I've seen how fast it can be snatched away. So that's kind of like I get into a place of appreciation when I play now. Yeah. Where I'm just thankful to be there and thankful to be like be able to make a good living and just do what I love still. Like it's it's game days are special for me for that reason just from an appreciation standpoint i'm just really blessed you know love it man love it yeah. oh man i've loved catching up with you uh we'll, we're gonna round out this show i could go for another 30 minutes to an hour not easily uh, i could do another hour for sure yeah so i think we definitely got to do a part two where mm -hmm. we can deep dive here i also got a buddy that i want to shout out named uh, vic lopez he has a podcast named all things basketball uh i told him i told him about you I think that would be a great show to have you on to uh, as an interview. He does pretty much strictly yeah, basketball content. So if you vouch for him, I'll do it. No yeah, he's yeah. a good he's a good dude, and he's a he's a basketball junkie. So okay. that that pod will probably be all about basketball. Right. Um, okay. Yeah, all right. No, I'm down to do it for sure. Just have him. Have him I'll connect. Have him you. Out to me. Yeah, I'll, sure. I'll connect you guys. Uh, all right. So. There's a show, I always give this intro to this segment called Inside the Actor Studio. And he ends every episode of that show. I love that show, by the way. Have you seen it? It's, it's yeah, great. I've seen it plenty of times. So you know, yeah, this, you know this segment where he does kind of mm -hmm. like, a, it's like a Rorschach test, but just quick questions right. and whatever first comes to your mind is what you answer. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like your personality profile, sort of. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> we're gonna get into it. This is the Inside the Business Studio uh, segment here with mm -hmm. maurice kemp where some of those announcers call you morris 
<laughs> Morris. <laughs> hey, I hate it. I hate that. Oh, there's an Australian I gave up, guy. I gave up, like, <laughs> up correcting him, man. I'm just Morris now, I guess. There was yeah, an Australian was... guy on the on the highlights I was watching. He just kept saying, I'm like, it's a, come on, at least say Mo. Like, all right, bro. Yeah, it's yeah, okay. Yeah. So good. All right, let's go. But now uh, I'm ready. What is your favorite word? My favorite saying I could say is is keep going. What is your least favorite word or phrase? Or... Uh, you can't do it, or like just any any type of doubt. You know, Love don't it. like it. What gets you going, motivates you? Um, fear of not fulfilling my potential, fear of not doing enough. That, 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 uh, fear, yeah, the fear of that motivates me, my family, of course. Um, yeah, just getting the most out of my blessings for sure. What puts you off? Negativity. What sound or noise do you love? My son's laugh. Best thing in the world. What sound or noise do you hate? Uh, knife on the plate. <laughs> Same, man. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Same. Or I like, can't. I gotta get out of there. Or like, yeah. <laughs> gotta get out of there. Yeah. Absolutely. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt or would you have liked to attempt? Tempted. Sports agent. That's the next step. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that a few times from yeah. from a few basketball players I know. Yeah, I'm it's already in the works. Yeah. Yeah. Revive I'm my some consulting right now for an agency. So I love yeah. it. Right. Revive my sporting career, Mo. <laughs> I need a I was like, hey, you got a great shot, man. I want everyone to know Mario's jumper is next level. You've always had that, man. Appreciate it. That, appreciate it. <laughs> I, I attribute it to baseball. Yeah. Um we'll take the Steph Curry approach. <laughs> I'm just gonna let that's a one episode there. Mo just said I have a great shot. That's it. I perfect <laughs> perfect <Yeah>. symbol. <laughs> what what profession would you not like to do? That's a great question. Um, I don't know, man. Maybe uh, teachers have it rough, man. Like I, like I just kindergarten teacher, and I love I love kids, but I've I've had a kindergartner and just. The, the chaos yeah, yeah, in that yeah. classroom, man. I always, I, I, I used to always just try to stay and help as far as long as possible. <laughs> give like an hour to them because, yeah. man, they aren't they aren't paid enough and they do so much. It's, uh, a kindergarten teachers are rough one, man. A special type of person to do that. Yeah, sure. yeah. What what is a bit of advice or wisdom you wish you knew before starting your own journey? Um, I will. I wish, or what I would have done differently maybe is aim a little higher, even when it seemed bleak, you know, like I would have set my goals at an earlier age, mm -hmm. you know, like I said, uh, I didn't think a lot of things were possible because I wasn't even dreaming that big. 
Yeah. So a lot of things I ended up doing, I didn't even think about until they were like presented as an opportunity. You know, so yeah, for sure. That. And w- lastly, what do you want your obituary to be, or what do you want your legacy to be? Um, just God fearing, all about my family. Um, always willing to help others. And um, yeah, man, that's that's pretty much it. Excellent, man. That yo, thank you so much for joining, Mo. It was it was a pleasure catching up with you, and having you on. Uh, I'd love yeah, to have man. you on again. No, uh, I'm, all, I'm down to do another one, man. We we could we can say it now. I'm, I'll be on again. And uh, I want to say, man, I'm proud of you, man. I remember you you Thanks, cutting up Thomas. videos in high school, man. So to see you still Thanks, pursuing your dream and and you know doing well at it, you know, I'm sure the podcast is going to blow up because you're dedicated to it and you have a talent for it. So appreciate it, bro. Proud of you, Thank you, brother. Um, tell the people where to find you, your Instagram or anything you want people to find you. Tell them about the team you're playing for now, the next game. I want to know when the next game is and how I can catch it. So, uh, yeah, um, uh, winterleague.com, winterleague.tv, actually. Um, Champions League. You can catch those games on YouTube. Um, bas- basketball Champions League. Uh, YouTube, you can catch the games. Um, yeah, man, in Israel, Herzliya, we're a good team, great people. I'm going to need you to send me that league. Winter League or Winter League? Uh-oh, did we lose Mo? I think we did. I'm pretty sure it was Winter League. Winter League? Yeah. All right, I think we lost Mo unless he comes back here. He left with a bang. Well, yeah, why don't I know. We... The timing worked perfectly, though. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's transition to an outro. Awesome. And if he comes back in, we'll do a proper one. For sure. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Soapbox Business Show. It's been a pleasure for me, at least, listening to the conversation. I couldn't contribute much, but I really did enjoy hearing everything. It makes me want to go watch some basketball, so I might have to catch a game or two of most. But uh, you can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts, Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts. You can visit us on our website at soapbox.house. Uh, please make sure to subscribe rate leave a comment if you like this if you have other questions or if you want uh to maybe suggest somebody that that can be on the podcast we'd love to hear it so thank you very much